recording vocals yet i don't think are we we started the vocals we started the vocals just kidding i didn't know okay we're still a little rusty it's been a while since we've been in the studio anyway hey Hey guys guys. (laughs) it's your girl she landry hashtag she wears heat hashtag she's in charge of the girls hashtag she's your daddy's favorite hashtag i can be your shiro baby and i am here with the incomparable Unstoppable, magnetic, velociraptor, taming, no naming. Oh, you spit bars. Layla E, what's up, y'all? <laughs> Hashtag unlocking the good vibes. And I am so happy to be here with you giving me all. See, she makes up for the fact that I lack in hashtags. So I appreciate I mean, I have more intro. than enough hashtags for everybody. <laughs> but welcome to the Refreshingly, Refreshingly Problematic, Problematic Podcast. Ow. And today, today is going to be a dope episode. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I it hope will. this going to help somebody, but this going to hurt somebody. Mm, I wonder who's going to hurt. I, you know, but if it hurts you, you probably need to get hurt. Uh, Today. Hashtag Iana. <laughs> listen, <laughs> first off, let me just say that I say this after every time I watch it. This season of Iyanla Van Zant, this is like, I don't know what season this is in the one on own. Mm-hmm. But if you were watching this season, it's I supposedly her last season. Iyanla <gasps> Van Zant is doing the Lord's work. She retiring? And I really need y'all to tune in to Iyanla Van Zandt doing the Lord's work every week. It is so good. I just watched Iyanla, Iyanla, <laughs> it's hard to say, say that name seven times fast. No, I can't, can't say it for the first time. <laughs> it's hard to watch an Iyanla Van Zandt episode. Like, it's just, they're good. Mm-hmm. And she's just doing so, such good work. She's doing the Lord's work. Yeah. So shout out to her for um, making up with Oprah on uh, Oprah's show like 15 years ago. They I guess they got into it. They made up and and Oprah recognized how amazing she is that she said, you know what, girl, I'm about to start a network. I'm going to give you your own show. And she's been killing it ever since. Big shouts out to her. Big shouts out to her. I'm happy they made up. And I mean, I think Iyanla was was on point when she kind of charged Oprah up. (laughs) And Oprah did have some problems, and Ayala was just trying to tell Oprah she needed to do her work. <laughs> but I respected that Not they were many able to can get away with that. Well, I guess she couldn't because they ended up she ended up icing her out. But I'm happy they were able to come back to the table. And I do love Ayala Van Zant uh, fix your life because mm-hmm. some people need that. Some people do need therapy, and Ayala is not a therapist, and that's a different thing. But some people just need to do some uh, self work. And get this shit together. You know what I think we need to do? I think we need to have a RP special edition episode of We Gonna Fix Your Life and have people come with their problems. Uh-uh. And we can just give them advice. <laughs> Who gonna take advice from <laughs> Hey, I <laughs> mean, you know, we, we smart, we kind, we important. Ooh. All of them things. Okay, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> we on our uh, Viola Davis vibe. <laughs> I mean, so, hey, listen, tap, tap, tap in. If you want to get your life fixed, uh... 
Put a, put a comment in the questions below, in the comments below. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like or send us a DM and we'll answer your questions about fixing your life. Uh, because, of course, our lives are so together. We do a podcast uh, for free every week and go to <laughs> nine to five jobs. So, obviously, we know what the fuck we're doing. Amen. Anyway. <laughs> but I will say this week, I was having, I was, I've been watching reality TV because, you know, that's my passion. Oh, That's my girl. passion. Yeah. I was watching reality TV. And then, um, even though corona is still very real, uh, I started to venture outside a little bit and go into events. And, I mean, in a very safe way, still social distancing, especially if the event is outside. Okay. Still willing to go. Um, and so, I love, I love it. I love everything that Houston has to offer. Shout out to everybody who listens to us. Who's not from Houston? Uh, Houston is one of the greatest cities Ever. in the world. Uh, and you're more than welcome to come down and visit or whatever. Not move here. We got too many Unless people. you are voting not Republican, then please move here because we're trying to flip the state from yes. red to blue. We almost had it this year. Almost. Almost had it. But anyway, um, and so I was looking at, I was watching uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. Do you indulge? <laughs> of course. Okay. And so this season, you know, Monique Samuels got iced out because she hit that girl Candace. Uh, she pulled her hair and called her ugly or whatever she did. And and I, those are two of the beautiful, most beautiful women on the show, just for the record. I think the cast, I mean, my ass Karen Huger. <gasps> don't you do it. Just looks like Skeletor no, to she, me. No, it's just the nose. Her nostrils. It's Whoever did nose. her nose needs to undo it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I think that cast is exception, has exceptionally beautiful women. Mm -hmm. um, I do think they are two cute girls on the show. Monique, it's hard for me with Monique because I just think her spirits is, is so jacked up that it's hard for me to recognize her beauty. Now, that can happen. And now that especially really that Wendy is on there and Wendy is such a pretty chocolate girl. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, I don't have to be like, ooh, represent for the chocolate girls. Go Monique. But anyway, Monique Samuels, uh, whatever she threw a glass at, can't, well, Candace threw the glass at her. So they had their fight and Monique has been iced out all season. And so Monique was on Watch What Happens Live and she had a therapy session on the episode and she was basically kind of, she was dodging responsibility for physically hitting on Candace like mm -hmm. and basically blamed it on the fact that the women had ganged up on her and they were clicked up against her and trying to, and there was an in crowd basically and she wasn't mm -hmm. a part of said in crowd. Oh, God. Okay, please un unpack this for me. So, <laughs> I mean, cut in uh, if you feel like you need to. But I was like, while I think that Monique can be full of crap, and I don't know if she is using this, if this moment is correct in what she's saying, I do think that adult clicks are a issue. Okay. I do think that adulting... Uh, and you get in these little, and I mean, we're, we're tribal, you know, tribalism in, in is sense, real. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand that it will happen, mm -hmm. but I do think sometimes you can be a part of communities or a part of circles, especially in a, a city like Houston. That's like the biggest small town, right? The biggest small town. And real. I feel like that clicky behavior can really get the best of adults. Yes, it can. And I just feel like I want to talk about why that is or, like, can we dismantle it? Or, like, how do you feel about it? Like, so some people feel like it's a necessary evil. Like, I was talking to some friends. I had brunch on a Tuesday. 
What am I, a housewife? <laughs> and um, I was talking to some friends, and one of my friends did bring up a good point. And she was kind of like, well, sometimes it's like a buffer okay. Um, when you have that kind of click mentality because you, you'll you have, like, the main important person, and they'll have, like, I call them, minions. like, minions. <laughs> yeah, minions. Oh, but God. my friend was like, but those minions kind of keep out the bullshit and the riffraff. Mm-hmm. So that main person security. can kind of be, yeah, they're kind of like low-key security. Yeah. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debo. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. But anyhow, so yeah, so tell me what you think. Clicks, <clears throat> adult clicks. Um, How do you see that? Adult clicks are real. I think that um, a, a more positive word um, is what you said a minute ago, which is tribal. I think tribes are necessary. I don't like when people make it where it's impossible to join us. Like, they're snooty about it or they alienate other groups of people and other tribes, you know. Um, I've definitely been a person ever since middle school, high school, that, um, you know, if I was the popular kid, I was the one that mingled with everyone uh, during lunch. You know, I was at the, you know, the ESL table. I was at the sign language table. Did you speak... Any of those languages, or um, did you do sign language? I try. It was Spanish. Yes. Okay. Uh, they try to put me in that, and I'm like, excuse me. Um, it's my first language. Okay. But um, you know, I hung out with everyone, and so for me t- to grow up, I would still keep that in mind. Like okay. I hang out with a lot of different people that have their groups and their cliques. I don't really have my own. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Okay. So I mean, do you think that you? You have a, a actual tribe, a clique, a crew? I don't think that I, um, I mean, I think I have a crew in the sense of like I do. I have a, I have a core group of friends, um, kind of. But I think a lot of them are situational. Like I have, and they don't all mix. Like I have, so mm-hmm. I have a group over here. I have a group over there. Um, like I have my work friends, mm-hmm. which is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um I have my, like, small group friends, which is, like, our Bible study. I have, like, my best friend, what I consider the people I spend the most time with, Mm -hmm. which is, like, you know, my husband's best friends, fiance, Mm -hmm. and everything like that. So I do have all these different ones, but, like, so David and I, my husband, we collect sneakers. Like, we are are part of the sneaker community in Mm -hmm. Houston. I would say our streetwear as a whole. Um, I'm not necessarily a sneakerhead. I prefer, like, sneaker enthusiasts. Um, but I do like sneakers, and we kind of run in that in that circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say within that circle, um, there is a very there can be a very cool kids. I'm just telling all the business, Lord, somebody gonna be this. And next time we go to an event, they gonna be like, here come this bitch. But there is a there can be a very cool kids feeling, um, and whether we're a part of it or not, I don't That's know. True. I never try to treat anybody like that. Um, so if, I hope no one thinks that we are a part of that cool kids circle and I never try to treat anybody like we're better than them or anything like so I hope people don't get that vibe from us. I mean you are kind of part of the cool kids though. I don't think that we are. But like, not in the negative sense of the second part that you just said. Right so. like so I guess so there's mm-hmm. that because you can mm-hmm. be a part of like can you do it uh, like diplomatically I guess can you be a part of the cool kids circle like what makes you a cool kid? Shout out coming to America. Um, so I feel like it is a weird, I've been in these situations. So 
for those of you that are um, avid listeners of RP, we've already discussed the fact that we always bumped into each other like a lot of a lot of the times at the sneaker events. Yeah. Um. But obviously, I'm either there solo, <laughs> running around talking to people, and you're obviously there with your best friend. You know, I director Pardusa in the background. Um. And so you know, we always have this individualism that we have about ourselves. Okay. But we're always amongst the cool kids and, and hanging around with different groups within that setting. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I think that makes us more reachable for all kinds of people. That's why I really hate that. I love that we started RP, but I hate that COVID happened because I know we would be out there and we would be mingling and doing yeah. like all these events. Agreed. But, um, you know, soon enough, COVID, you will not get the best <laughs> of RP. Us. <laughs> but I do also feel that when I have been at a lot of these events, there are times where I felt like I was a little isolated. Like, oh, I'm wearing basic sneakers. I ain't wearing, you know, the, what is the girl's name that you always rock? Melody Islani. Yes, her. Like, I can't even get her name right. Um, so I have seen people in, and I'm talking specifically in one group um, that me and her both can comment on. Um, but in the sneaker community, they are the groups that they only hang out with the people that get, like, the exclusive stuff, even if they get it because Man, they work where, there. Ooh, um ah! <laughs> wear what you like people wear what or, you like or they you know they got the hookup which you know i'm a little po folk i ain't got no hookup um so i i get i'm not a sneakerhead at all i'm not a sneaker enthusiast i'm a sneaker appreciator i just like a good sneaker with a colorway that i would normally rock and a lot of the sneakers that i like to wear people are really aren't checking for which is great because i get them on clearance too um go. so i have seen in our community where the elite sneaker heads versus just people that appreciate it. And I have noticed that. And it's not always a negative thing because it's not like the elite sneaker heads are rude or anything in that manner. But not you do always. feel the aura of <laughs> don't come over here with them shoes because they will look at you up and down like dead ass. Like that's exactly how it is. If somebody looked at me like that, I'm I'm fighting them. I'm squaring up in my general releases dead ass. Like, <laughs> do you want to fight though? I'm about to fight you in these Reeboks. Hey, don't play with people me. People don't realize. And that did actually happen to me. Someone did give me a look at the last event we were at. And so I felt really uncomfortable and I just sat down was like alone. I was just like, oh, God, I don't want to be here, but I don't want to be rude and leave. It was I did have that experience. But let me tell y'all something. Do you not know who my friend is, who my co-host is and who her husband is? Nobody. Yeah, they going to help me elevate my game eventually. She's going to wear. They help me on the photo shoot. She's going to wear what she likes and that's that's going to be how Facts. she wins. Yep. But you're right. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like sometimes I think tri tribalism is healthy. It helps us. Mm -hmm. It keeps, makes things happen. And I totally get that. But I do think sometimes there are people in those circles that can, like, we adults, like, if somebody gave you, like, a nasty look, like, behind sneakers on your feet that you pay for with your money, like, as adults, this is crazy. We are not in high school. Like, we're not in the school cafeteria. It's crazy to do it in high school. But as an adult, it's like, are you serious? They haven't outgrown it, sis. How do, so do we just have to fight them? Like, how do they outgrow it? How can we help um, them graduate? There's, those are just people that haven't had self-growth. You know, maybe their their peak and their pivotal moment was high school. So the same way that they think in high school, they go into adulthood with. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist to un, uh, unpack those uh, luggage no. moments in your life. But you. a lot of people don't have that self-awareness right. or self-growth. 
So And I get some sometimes there's this there there is this because I know what you're saying, you who are listening to us right now. <laughs> That listening in the car or wherever you are in your bathroom as you get ready for work is this is not about jealousy because I think that like sometimes like going back to my Monique Samuels um, example, I feel like sometimes we use the words jealousy and envy mm-hmm. as a cop out. Okay, like Monique Samuels on Real Housewives of Potomac feels that everybody is jealous of her because oh she has God. four houses. And because she has money. And I'm just like, sis, don't no don't nobody care. Like right. yeah, she has four homes. It was it was the best. <laughs> that was, was the first episode when it she It was kept the writing. first episode when she came on. She was new to the to the cast in like season two. And it was just such a funny line because somebody tried to call her out and was like, she was like, We're looking for a home. And one of the other castmates was like, You don't have a home? And she was like, Oh, we have Four, four homes. homes. And so now it's the joke of Monique Samuels and her four houses. So she always uses that, like, people are jealous of me. That's why this and that's why that. And sometimes I think we as adults rely on the jealousy factor way too much for mm-hmm. to, to justify bad behavior. Yeah, I agree. And to justify, like, just really dealing with something. It's like, oh, they're just jealous <clears throat> of me. It's like, or you're a bitch. Like, <laughs> For real. like you Some just people are really- just a bitch. Literally. You're not lying. You didn't tell you know anything I mean? that's a lie. But do people know that they're the bitch in the group? As an adult, do you know that you're the one that's making people not want to join your tribe? Man, that's a good question. I try, like, I try to be very self-aware. Like, full disclosure, <laughs> shout out to all the people who knew me in college who listened to this podcast. Well, I literally lost all of my friends after college. Whoa. Really? Literally. like they all popped up on the lot. I lost all <laughs> my friends after college um, because I was a bitch. Like, I was just a ridiculous bee. Like, I was immature. I can say all of that now. Like, I just was one of those people, like, if I thought it, I said it. And, like, people think that about me now, but I really do filter stuff out, and I try not to be Oh, this is the filtered version. Oh, yeah, y'all getting the filtered version. Because I used to be Clutch just, like— I'll say whatever to whomever. Oh, it's the truth. It just is what it is. Like, I used to really be that person. And I think all of my college friends, and I had an opinion about everything that all my friends who graduated from college were doing. And it was like, oh, did you come back home and get a job? Or did you stay in that small ass town we went to college in? Oh, you married who? Oh, you had a baby for who? And like, even if whether I felt it was right, wrong, whatever the case may be, I would just say it to people who were my friends. And they like are going through it. It's like I can't bag oh, on you. Not when you, they go right. It's like down, sis. it's like sis. You don't think she she she's worried about being pregnant by a raggedy nigga? Like why am I coming in pouring salts on the wound? Like yeah, <laughs> you with that no good nigga who ain't gonna never take care of that kid? Oh lord, like it's the worst. So I can I can say that now I don't think that I am that person. Like I try very hard not to be that person because I do know what. It, and my friends were very right in. Leaving me. The, the the good part about this story is I was able to make amends with a lot of them. Okay. Um, Because I had to check myself and check my behavior. But I do agree. I think that in some clue, in some crews, like going back to Monique Samuels, it's very hard because it seems like she doesn't see herself mm-hmm. in all of this. Like, I get that Candace was talking, but it's like Candace does not control you, Monique. Like, you put your hands on her. Like, you have to own that. You have to own your part. A uh, sneaker girl who was shading Layla at the sneaker event. Like, you have to own your part in that. Like, you know, and I don't know if people do do that. Um, 
I mean, it takes it takes a really good friend to put their friends in their place and let them know, hey, you're kind of the bitch in the crew, and you shouldn't be afraid to say that. I've had to actually tell someone. I mean, that person is no longer in my life, but she was um, very much like that with a lot of people. Is it who I think it is? <clears throat> Probably. Dang! But she was like that with a lot of people um, as well, and people would always ask. We we were like the friendship. We had our own crew. Um, in high school, we had a name and all of that the stuff. The pretty girl click. Uh, PGC, baby. Light skin so and lovely. Funny. That's the same person I used to call that hotline with and play with people on freeway. <laughs> <laughs> it was that friend. But um, a lot of people would be like, how are you friends with her? Like, she's the total opposite of you. And I said, I like that. I love hanging out with people that are different from me. Yeah. One, because I annoy my goddamn self. And you know that's a problem. Yes. And I like people that can do that off balance. And there have been times when I had to tell that individual, hey, you're probably doing a little too much, just mm. like they had to put me in my place and say, don't you think you're being a little bit too um, lenient and, and letting people walk? So it was the balance of a friendship that I feel a lot of people should have. Yeah. Um, but as adults, I guess it it gets harder. Or if someone has a higher status, maybe they're IG famous, IG popular, they got ad money coming in. Are you going to be the friend that's going to tell them about themselves and then uh, uh, possibly lose that friendship at the height of what they're doing? Some people don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And so, unfortunately, they'll never know that they are that bitch, that person. They're they going to find out. They will find out. Eventually, but right. I, I feel like it's always better to hear from somebody you love than somebody who don't give a fuck about you. Right. Because that person you love at least is going to try to give it to it's you. coming from a good place, Yeah, it's guys. coming from a good place. That person who don't give a fuck about you is going to hit you dead in your mouth. And you're going to be like, what did I do? And you may hear it from you a— came in the house with some crazy-ass <laughs> niggas. That's what you did. And you may hear it from someone of um, that has a higher power that could put you in a better position. Yeah. And they may actually dish you and tell you why. And you're like— why ain't nobody ever tell me this? So I think a lot of people are a little self-aware. They just don't want to admit it and they don't care. And yeah. they're the type of people that say, oh, this is how I am. Take me or leave it. And I think that's where it becomes toxic for themselves and amongst the groups. But yes, um, Houston is a uh, tribe or clicky. Come on, tribe. And some of these <laughs> um, uh, cliques and tribes, they do look down on people. And I'm not going to sit up there in front. But for the most part... I feel like specifically in the black community, it's more like love with a hint of um, jealousy. Because uh, when, cause in Houston, if you go out, granted, we got like 4 million pe- plus people here, but you see the same 200 people true. at every event. That is true. You see that's the a, same It's people. its own crew, like the 5015 click. That's that's its own I crew used to be of part people. of that. <laughs> used to be a part of that. Turkey leg head people. That's which is kind of the it's almost the same. Yeah, the Prospect Park crowd. Back in the di- <laughs> uh, you know what's the Diablo Loco. Diablo that was my Loco. Crew. Scott Scott Gertner Sports Bar <laughs> with Sky the Sky Bar. bar. Mm-hmm. That used that's its own its own clique. That is true. Crew. Yeah, that is true. I will say that I feel like. Um, Houston is tribey. Uh, oh, oh, well, when you said. It's a love with a little bit of jealousy. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, Drake said jealousy is just love and hate at the same time. So It is. They admire but, what you do, but hate that you're doing it. But I think I think that jealousy runs both ways, though. And, like, I think sometimes there are people who feel like they're in the in crowd um, and they are kind of gatekeepers of it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and gatekeepers are good and bad. There's a gift and a curse there. That's another—that could be another show. Uh, about the ideal of gatekeepers. But I will say sometimes it feels like the gatekeeping um, is people who know you could be dope and that so they blocking the door because they're afraid to let you in because really they're afraid 
of what what it uh, could be. They're afraid of what could happen I've if they allow you that in. that with yeah. people here, and it's really, really sad, really sad. But for the most part, I've experienced love, um, or I've seen love from other people. Because I'm the music person. side, would you say? Because you're part of the music crowd a little bit in Houston. You kind of yeah, run the bloggers um, in the music crowd. The the music crowd is pretty dope. It's all it's usually all love. Um, I mean, you see it from the OGs to the to the people moving on up. Our music scene is very much different than what people depict of like New York and Chicago, where oh. it's a lot more. Like, uh-uh, you trying to come up. You know, it's like Houston has a lot more love. And this is why people like, you know, uh, Lupe and, and ASAP Rocky and all of that. They love to come to Houston because they feel that love. And mm. this is before they've even made it big. And so Houston is really um, a, a standout crowd in the hip-hop community when it comes to Southern hospitality, in my experience. That is so um, interesting. I, I would not agree. Really? I would not agree with that. Really? And I would agree that that is probably an outsider's experience. Mm -hmm. I do feel like a, somebody like a Lupe or somebody like an ASAP can come to Houston and experience a lot of love. But I feel like what happens within this city mm. is a lot more cutthroat. Really? Now mm -hmm. tell me something, because I've always seen... Like, people like Les reaching out to, like, the younger people, even though he's part of the young crowd, too. I feel like there is a very what-can-you-do-for-me. Um, bartering system? Not not even bartering, but so much like, okay, I see you on the, I see you on the, on the upswing, so let me jump on this train. Like, I'll never forget, this is my prime example, and I was like, this is a, a quintessential what I feel like Houston music scene is like. Mm -hmm. Remember when Travis Scott had that song, Upper Echelon? Okay, yes. That was way back. That was before we was getting auto-tuned, Travis. But it was like one of his biggest songs to kind of blow up on the radio. The radio. Locally. And mm -hmm. Locally. And he was doing like Days Before the Rodeo. He had all of these tracks coming out. Like all of these like <clears throat> odes to Houston or whatnot. And so Slim Thug made a whole tweet and was like, the only young niggas I see in the city putting on. And he named like four or five young rappers. And he didn't name Travis Scott. And I can't remember if somebody else said something about Travis Scott or if Travis Scott replied to to Slim oh, Thug's tweet. Oh, giving me. And Slim Jim. Thug was like, I'm I'm just saying, I ain't never seen you out in the city. I'm not, I ain't never seen you out and about. I haven't seen you putting in the work. And Travis Scott That's was like. true, though. Travis Scott was like, I was like 19. Like, he was like, I was like 17 when like two years ago when all these clubs were, you know, yeah, he said, I never see you in the club. Oh, okay. And I so mean, like, really I never thug seen you. Though? But that's what, but that is what a lot of Houston <sighs> artists feel like. Slim Thug being all the clubs. Right. But they feel like that's what putting in work is. So I don't no. know. So I don't think it's fair to say that Travis Scott was not putting in work because he wasn't at fucking Diablo Loco or he wasn't at the office or whatever the club at the time was. That office is such an old reference. But <laughs> whatever the club was that Slim Thug felt he should have been in. Mm -hmm. And then just to see like for him to, to say that about Travis Scott. And then to see where Travis Scott is now, and I'm just like, damn, forty five million. You could have, you could have been quiet. There's so many, and then it's like to act like that, to act like Travis Scott doesn't have a love for Houston just because his experience is different, different. because he raps different, because he didn't, because he didn't blow up in Houston. He didn't come he up didn't. in the Houston streets. Yeah, he he went, he circumnavigated. He went to Cali. He went to Atlanta. L. A. was his main grounds and festivals. Yeah. Yep. 
And so he got out the city, but shit is work for him. So it's like, who you want to be? You want to be Travis Scott or you want to be fucking D-Lo? I mean, no disrespect, shout out to D-Lo. We went to high school together. Great guy. But if you <laughs> want a level of success. <laughs> okay, so I agree with you. I agree with, with you and what Slim was trying to say. But at the same time, you don't. You don't utilize your platform to knock someone else. Right. And that's what I always say. Like, you you can go ahead and praise five other people, but in that same praise, you don't have to sit up here and knock the next person. Right. Um, and or reply to somebody negatively about someone else. Now, for Travis Scott, the reason why he's a success that he is now and is he's made 43 million alone in endorsements this year, um, is because he did what any smart person does. If you want to make it, you need to get out of your city and you need to make a name for yourself in other cities as well. Um, now, he went to L.A. He stayed in L.A. He did. He did a whole lot of work with festivals and he started making a connection with, you know, the white and the browns. And then he started becoming more... Well, remember he was with T.I. for a while. Right, that he too. To, he went to Atlanta and mm -hmm. he was signed with T.I. as an artist and he was signed with Kanye as a producer. Mm -hmm. And so T.I. believed in him first as an artist. A Southern person, but not yep. from Houston. So I will say that his hustle was completely different than what a lot of H-Town uh, rappers have. And the thing that bothers me about H-Town rappers, which I have said this before, is the fact that they're so comfortable with just doing things here. You know, Chameleonaire left. He's a millionaire, but he's not doing music, but he's up in Cali and he's in his tech game, right? And investments. Right. So the other rappers that stay here, we love the Slim Thugs. We love the, you know... The Kiatis, well, he's I a love radio Slim DJ. Thug. Go ahead. I, yeah, I, we love the Zeros. We love everyone, but they're okay and comfortable with being local to an extent where you know, if you want to reach them, you come to the city. Whereas other people, they want to flourish and go other places. So I do feel like that was unnecessary. But Travis Scott is one. Travis Scott and Beyonce are one of the biggest celebrities to come out here in the last in this millennium. And I mean, you know, don't but knock I also people. Feel like I also feel like, and <laughs> oh Lord, I know who gonna hear this podcast. I'm gonna have to lock my door. I'm gonna have to go to my car with a gun. I also feel like there are the locals, so it's perfectly fine for your 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 slim thugs, your zeros. Even though zero, the world deserves to hear uh, all the things. Ali. You, yeah, you need to get out, brother. <laughs> you need to go take that somewhere. He does, but. I'm fine with them being local, but I think what the problem is is that there is no room for the next generation of rappers mm -hmm. because the old local nigga cannot, like, he won't let go. Like, he won't move out of the way to let the young gun come up. And I think a lot of times those older rappers end up smothering or choking young That's talent true. in the city mm -hmm. because they don't they don't they cannot share their platform because they still fighting over the same coins mm -hmm. that they've been fighting over for years. So I think in that they might be they will befriend a young artist, but I feel like it is just for their energy mm -hmm. and not for not because they really mean them well. And so I've seen a lot of young artists I'm not going to say no names. I'm going to protect the, the guilty and the innocent. But I've seen a lot of young artists in this city that have had a momentum and a force and a fire behind them. And they've partnered with some older Houston artists. And that sparked their growth. Right. It's stunning their growth. Like, it's crazy to me that, like, all these festivals, like, even Travis Scott had, um, like, that H-Town Legends show. Mm -hmm. And they come out and they do all them old songs and we're so content with that. And they never, they rarely introduce young artists. Like they rarely do that. Like I'm, I, I, I just and for that when people when I be like I hate old nigga rappers, it be because of those behaviors. 
I'm like, bun, I really don't want to hear you rap anymore. I'm actually bun. good. You could do something that's like, introduce me to the next generation for real. Don't just shout them out on a breakfast club. Like, genuinely put forth some effort to put new music on the street and not just your stepson, like, because he's not good. Sorry, young bun. Try again. Something else. <laughs> but, I mean, and, and this goes along the likes of, like, Megan Thee Stallion. She had a little um, great, good local success on her own. You know, she partnered up with DJ Cho's and everything like that. But in order for her to make it, make it, she really had to start making moves around. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But as far as the love, I feel like the city of Houston has a lot of love to give. They may have their right. own toxic way to do it. Um, It may be for their own benefit, but there is a lot of love. But I absolutely agree with you when you say it might be more love for the outsiders coming into the city. And I absolutely agree with you because that's how I feel. Like if I move to NY, I'm probably going to get a lot more love there than I would here. And this is my own city. That's very interesting. I mean, I think you would. New York niggas love themselves, though. It ain't nothing like a New York nigga. Seeing another New York nigga with some with some Tim's on, double down in their little coats. They New York niggas love themselves. I, I can't even lie. Niggas, that's its own thing. But <laughs> I do think that there is a lot of tribalism in the mm. city. Um, but you know, I mean it's it, everybody has their own thing. It's, I'm sure people in Atlanta would feel the same way about their city. Oh God, too. Atlanta's a whole nother thing. Well, we should <laughs> tap into like an Atlanta episode one day, which I need to I catch up know. on this the season. Are you an avid watcher of ATL? Oh, yeah. I mean, it it went away, and I just stopped caring. Ugh. I haven't seen half of the last season. It's been gone for so—oh, you didn't see the end of the last— I mean, it came out a while ago. I know, sis. I know. It's just like power. I ain't watched— It gets weird, and I don't like when shows turn weird. That's hard for me. And I feel like Atlanta turned weird. Everybody liked that uh, little—the one where Donald Glover was a white man, Teddy, whatever episode— that shit was weird I don't think to me. I've seen that nightmares. one. I don't think I've seen that oh, one. Oh, you maybe you should that, watch it. That, that is hilarious. Um, I and you know we are speaking on you know the city of Houston and um Teddy Perkins. It's the Teddy Perkins episode. T- okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so we also have some local stuff coming up. Um, there's All Screwed Up, which is a movie coming out depicting the life of H Town's own DJ Screw. <laughs> so big shots out to um. Isaac, um, a.k.a. Chill, who directed the movie and put it together. Is he paying us for this? Um, you just doing this on the love? Off the love, because I'm from Houston. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is there endorsement money oh, for this? It was, it was oh, the way he was doing it. I was like, it out. get a check for that? <laughs> I just was no, like, but big shout out for the love. Hey, I'm really happy I, that uh, uh, H-Town, it. you've seen it. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, is this when I was in Detroit and they had the watch? Uh-huh, I God saw it. damn it. Listen, so, I'm a... Yeah or nay. <laughs> oh, it is on it's online for free. Okay, you can watch it online for free. Oh. Okay. Um I think, let me try to say this Uh-oh. in the most redeeming way possible. She's doing that Obama. I think, uh, shout out to Chill. Uh I I seen you putting in work for many years. I'm pretty sure you graduated from Hightower, if I'm not mistaken. Shout out to Chill and the things that you're doing. Um, I think that. He must be trying to get funding to create something bigger because this is not a show. I mean, it's like it's not a it's not a con- it's yeah, it's not a show or anything like that. It's It feels like a, you're watching an extended music video and it's just pieces. <laughs> really? And it doesn't. Yeah. It's, so this can grow eventually is what you're thinking. It has to because this can't be it. 
it so mm. I think it's really a super trailer and he's trying to sell it to investors to to really extend it to make it a movie or a TV show about DJ Screw's life. Because what 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 I watched first off was like 10 minutes long. <laughs> and yeah, it's short. Oh, I thought this was like a whole 2-hour movie. Oh, like no, ma'am. extravaganza. No, no ma'am, no ma'am. It's like a 10-minute movie. And oh, they promo like, the hell out of this And it's shit. got like a 20... Is it is the movie 30 minutes? The whole... Th- or is that including the director cut part? Oh, okay. So it is 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah, there's a director's like how-to part. But then... Okay, so it's a 30-minute trailer. Mm-hmm. But it just gives you bits and pieces. But it like you don't see DJ Screw's death. You don't see like a lot of stuff. Here's the other part that I'm really struggling with, and somebody is also, y'all gonna have to see me in the streets about this. We can talk about it. I also am really struggling with the fact that DJ Screw did not create Screw. He did not invent Screw music, mm-hmm. and nobody's talking about that. Mm. Um, it's So historically, it's not accurate, um, and I think it's okay because I think that DJ Screw did revolutionize, chopped and screwed. He took two different things and put it together but there was someone making screw tapes before DJ Screw. Mm-hmm. So I really wish that they, I'd like the way they say it, they make it as though he just invented it. Yeah, he just conjured this ideal up in his mind. And he was really like an apprentice to the guy who did. And, and the guy who did this is still alive in Houston. <laughs> and people know this Scarface, uh, DJ DMD, <laughs> like it's a bunch of old heads who know this dude. My, I went to school with his cousin and I like was on Facebook. I found this out randomly and I was hurt. I was like, what y'all mean DJ Screw did not invent Screw music? And this is like a well-known fact in the mm-hmm. city and people are just letting it ride. And I don't understand why we cannot honor Screw and still tell the truth. So, okay, so I've also heard this. I don't know any details upon it because it's not like it's something you can Google. Like some right. local person wrote it in the Houston Chronicle. Um, but I did hear that um, Screw made it popular and they gave it the Screw name, but he was not the one that originally started it. So who was the person that originally started it, supposedly? Okay, so it was called... So so when you have Screwed and Chopped, that part is where DJ Screw came in. But Screw Music, he didn't even give it the name Screw. Like, it was Everyone already... Everyone else gave it Yeah, it one, was right? already being called Screw Music. He got his name DJ Screw from the way in which he would scratch records with a screw. Mm-hmm. But the Screw Music, it was called that independent of DJ Screw. It's not and named I didn't after, know that. It's not named after DJ Screw. <laughs> yeah. I did not know it's that. It's wild. Uh, do you remember the name of the, of, of the guy? I'm trying to think of his name... My homegirl is his cousin, but he's a DJ. And everybody remember, like, people, older people, um, our producers oh, will probably even know tell it. you, like, mm-hmm. people remember these tapes. So for me, that is really difficult. And that is a problem. It is. And I just don't understand why we can't tell the truth uh, and still honor DJ Screw, because what DJ Screw did was still very important. I also don't like the fact that y'all are trying to make me believe that DJ Screw died from hard work. No, he died from drinking too much lean. Right, but y'all, nobody wants to say that. People keep Wait, acting like... Okay, so, and this is in the move, the short movie that you're talking about. So none of this, they don't even address the any of the, okay. the, his death or any of this. Mm-hmm. But like people will give you the history. There's like this little thing, there's a little short part afterwards and even having the conversations, there's this very romanticized view of DJ Screw's life and this idea that he died from hard work. It was like, he just worked so hard. He worked too hard. The only person that ever died of hard work is John Henry, okay? And 
he's a fictional character. Shout, so shout out to David Landry. Like, it's like he died from it. So it's like the same thing that we, so we go to, uh, we go to movie premieres and things and we drink his promethazine flavored uh, cocktails and all this stuff. It's like, that's the shit that killed him. Like, imagine glamorizing the thing that, that killed, killed him. You. That's crazy to me. Did you say this in a status update? Because I want to feel like I've seen those exact words. I talk before. about this all. I do talk okay. about this all the time. That is true, though, because even like um, me being from Houston, when I was going um, into the London scene, I was very shocked to find that there were a couple of rappers where if you listened to their stuff and saw their videos, sis, you would think they were from Houston. I'm like, what the f? But like, I get very angry when people appropriate different people's scene or culture. Like, it does kind of bother me a little bit. Right. Um, and I was like, why is why is his whole video in purple? And what's up with this? And they were like, oh, yeah, they they are inspired by Houston. And I was like, obviously, but damn, the whole entire thing from how they dress, how they talk, to them trying to find an old car and they want to turn it into a slap. Like, it was too much for me. Yeah. But it was also like a pride moment for a proud moment for me because I was like, yeah, H Town, you know, that we got that perk that and I was thinking, why am I glorifying the thing that has killed supposed allegedly, like Big Mo and like all these other rappers? No, it's not alleged, y'all. That's well, not I'm alleged. I'm trying other to pull the Wendy Williams. Fat, what, Fat Pat was shot. <laughs> yeah. He, he was, was murdered. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, no, y'all know what happened to Big A Mo, lot of people have passed like, away from yes, codeine. Yes, we period. know what codeine does to the body. Like, y'all got to stop. Boys is out here ending their life and shitting out their mouth because their bowels have locked up yep. behind promethazine use. And we're sitting here going, niggas died of hard work. Like, y'all got to sell that dream cool. to somebody else. And, you know, and that's another reason why Paul Wall and Slim Thug uh, and Bum B started losing a lot of weight. They stopped drinking yes, codeine. But then yep. I don't like that Paul Wall still be like, I'm the poet, poet and still acting like he's sipping lean. Nigga, it ain't nothing but Slim Fast in that white yeah. cup. Paul Wall, if you don't stop lying to us, oh, you're not still Lord sipping lean. Jesus. You're too skinny. You are healthy. You're Jesus. a vegan. Your wife teaches Zumba classes. Y'all are nice people. Just stop it. It's not healthy. Oh my I God, like I love it. you so but, much. Oh my God. But, but, but to go back to screw, <laughs> screwed, all screwed up, let me say this. I'm never going to put down a black man. I appreciate what Isaac has done visually. It is beautiful. It looks the like The way that he shot it, uh, he does have an eye. A lot of frames. He has, mm-hmm. yeah, he has, an, he has a director's eye. The, the, uh, the level that he went at to recreate the room that DJ Screw actually like uh, mixed mixed in, mm-hmm. yeah, Daryl, that's who I know, DJ Daryl Scott and DJ Michael Price. Shout out to them for Screw. They were making Screw tapes and people were buying them from them. They were slowing them down. Wow. First. So, but shout out to Isaac because I do think he put in a lot of hard work and I hope he gets the funding to flesh this idea out because it is dope. It was, it's a dope concept. Even though I did have a conversation and this could be, I don't know if we have time, but let's try. Um, I just wonder like how much people care. Like when we talk about screw music and its importance or is it really just, is it really that important to hip hop culture as a whole or is it just one of those uh, niche markets that if you like it, you like it? Hmm. Um. <laughs> uh, ask the question again. Do you feel like, and it's, and it's hard because you're from, when yeah, you're from Houston it is. <laughs> and you have a biased heart. Like, I love 
screw music. I know that. But when I look at the grand scheme of things, I mean, it's almost like like people in, in Chicago like house. Like, I don't give a damn about house music. No, what's that shit from D.C.? Oh, Go-Go. I, I can't get into I, that. Yeah, like, exactly. What is that? And Go-Go music is a thing. It's, it's their screw. I love bounce music. Bounce oh, music is... Oh, no, you can't. The bounce is in our soul. But it's people who don't give a fuck about bounce music. It's hyphy in, in yeah, Cali. Yeah, I can't get with the hyphy music. See? So it's like, we talk about screw as like this, oh my God, DJ Screw, and this is it's, this is legendary. This is history. But is it but really that, or is it just it? a well? Is it just really a, a like a little niche market? It's 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 no different than house or go go or hyphy or bounce or what's Miami got? Miami got one too. Um, I don't know. I call it reggaeton. Yeah, bass, Miami bass. You know, what I'm um, saying? Well, shout out. I like Miami bass. But. You know that. Uh, that's why I had to make you repeat it again because I really had to think on how to like to word this. But uh, so f- shout out to um, you know the fuck action mixtapes. Um, now Bruh, those I would enjoy. Th- Listen, <laughs> minus okay. fuck action twenty six. Listen. <laughs> so before um, the Kappa two K one after the God. Kappa. So for those of you that don't know, fuck action mixtapes are very pivotal for um, H Town showcasing their talent with chopping. And screwing or screwing, not t-shirt, chop slot. I don't think anybody um, knew t-shirt and panties. Oh my god, um, t-shirt and panties. Little flex. I'm just out. Let's stop. Let's stop. Go ahead. So, like for me, no matter what region I would have originally grown grown up in or be a part of, I think I would genuinely enjoy chopping screwed R&B music. No matter uh, where, no matter where in? I'm from. Really? Now, as far as the way that we freestyle, man, H-Town, coming down, throwing junk. It's terrible. It's kind of like, I think I only love it because I'm from here. And I grew up and it's nostalgia for me. And, you know, in middle school and getting that pencil and just rocking hard and you had that best beat person. Yes, that is my culture. That is my culture, right? Because we are developed (laughs) and grown in it. But would I actually enjoy that if I was from the West Coast? I would probably look at that like, ooh, you know? Right. Hey, <laughs> so if you are not know. from Houston, tell us in the comments below or let us know if you enjoy Chopped and Screwed music and you are not from Houston. But yeah, no, it's like, because I think about that, like it's like you say, with other regions. Like, I do not want to listen to Go like, Go go a little bit because that's doing the butt. Do, 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 do. Doing the butt. That's Go Go. Oh, really? Yeah, that's Go Go sound. See, I didn't know that. And you remember Wale, Pretty Girls? I love Wale, by the way. Pretty Girls. That's a Go Go song. So okay, see, so then maybe I do. There are some Go Go like tracks that, that you can get with. And I guess there's some of everybody's. But yeah. I think when we, I think sometimes in Houston, we have. A, um, we have the tendency loyalty. to <laughs> shout out to being loyal to the soil. We have a tendency to um, really romanticize something to be greater. And I just think the legend of DJ Screw is almost bigger than the actual story, the actual history, yeah. the actual music. Now the legend of DJ Screw has just become so great, accurate or inaccurate, that it's like, we got to make this movie because the world has to know the legend yeah. of DJ Screw. But it's like... It's like the legend of La Arona. Like, is that a real story oh, or is Lord. the legend just like greater than? You know what this reminds me of now that you're saying that? Uh, someone once told me, I don't want to see no more goddamn MLK movies unless they're going to talk about him 
fucking all them hoes. <laughs> and I said, oh, wow. Um, but is that proven? Yes, it's proven. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, you're right. If you're going to show a story about someone, you kind of want to see the bad and the ugly. You don't want to see the movie that just makes them look good unless there was an agenda behind it so you don't get lost in the meaning. But if what you're telling me, because what you're telling me is news, because I thought this was a full-blown, an hour-and-a-half, two-hour movie oh, about DJ Screw it. and his life to death. I had no idea it was like a snippet music video along it's not even a lot Michael of Jackson like, video. Like, that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit, no lie. So um, I am still interested in watching it. Um, so all screwed up, I guess I'll Google it, look for the free link, watch it. If you're not from Houston and you want to know a little bit, I guess, more— then this will give you like 2% outlook on what Houston is about, I guess, in a sense. No. Not even two? Not no. even two percent, sis? I don't feel like I don't I don't like I it's you just gotta take it for what if you want to watch something visually appealing. But I don't feel like there's anything amazingly accurate. I mean, you can see some candy paint, like, okay, like, no. Cause it's not even a lot of the music. There's not a lot of oh. Maybe you can clear Exactly. Okay. This is it's, it, yeah. So maybe I'm hoping that he is raising money because he is selling um the boxes and everything. Right. So you know what? Big shots out to everyone boxes from like Houston in Houston. Um, it, you know, I get it. But do you know when you bring up that MLK point, that was just very interesting because the thing I was thinking of, I was like, well, because I don't need to know all that about MLK because I like I don't think it's significant to Martin Luther King, the public figure. Um, but, and so for me with the DJ screw thing, only reason I want to know the rest of the story, because it is significant to the history. Like if you're telling me DJ screw created screwed and chopped music, that's not true. And so now, I, now you're telling a lot. Right. Yeah. And so because you, you're telling the history, then I need that part. But if you was like, also, they need to talk about how screw was slapping his girl around and he impregnated six or seven chicks. It's like. Well, that's actually like that doesn't have anything to do with screw music or what we're talking about on this part. So I don't know if I really need to know that. So how much of a public how much of a public figure's private life do I need mm-hmm. when telling a historically accurate story? Like Ugh. if if Martin Luther King was preaching about monogamy or something, if he was like going on a civil rights movement for monogamy, then it's like. I okay, yeah, you should tell everybody how you were sleeping with all these women. But I kind of want to see a story that actually tells the MLK, JFK, Marilyn Monroe. Like, I want to see those stories. Um, but, I mean, n- neither here and there. Um, I'm really, really happy that we have something. I'm really disappointed that it's not an actual movie. Um, not but, yet. But, like I said, I think that that is the plan. Yeah. I, think that, I think that Chill is going to sell this and it is going to be fleshed out. I think that is the goal. I think he he gave enough to get to go out and shop it. So I'm, I'm tell hoping you that's one thing. his plan. He promoted the hell out of he this to the point it. where I thought it was a tour. I mean, so good job on promo. Just, that is just true. get these get these monies to get this stuff started. I um know. So I mean, I guess um there's well, what you Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was I was going to throw something new for you too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, what? I'm gonna throw something for you. So um Tell me a sneaker that you're really feeling this week or this month that you have seen. Oh, gosh. It's almost time for Christmas. End of the year wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really trying to get my hands on a New Balance 327. Uh, it's a new silhouette for New Balance. I was going to say, I thought um, it was 527. <laughs> all she wants for Christmas. <laughs> all hit, she hit, hubby. For, uh, is not that. <laughs> That's true. Um, 
So, yeah, New Balance 327. Uh, and some people are saying it's the new silhouette of the year, sneakers silhouette of the year, because uh, it's new for New Balance. It And it is like a chunky dad sneaker. You've seen them before. Uh, a lot of people are kind of wearing them. Uh, yeah, and so I want to try to get my hands on a pair. I don't think that side profile does it justice, but when you look at it up and down, mm-hmm. like when you look at it from the top, it has a real Oh, fun. those kind of look like the Nike Waffles. Um, What is it called? Ooh, kind of. Huh? Which one? Um, Nike has a something sneaker and it has waffle or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It has that on the side. They do have a couple different waffle silhouettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's the sneaker that Oh, I'm those feeling. are affordable. Yeah, they, and they're, that's what I like. They're affordable. If they're not a collaboration, they're under $100. Mm. Uh, so there's that. Th- those are doable. Um, and I will shout out um, the Landry's because... They rocked the hell out of some new balances for the sneaker ball. Oh. Uh, and that was really dope how y'all collaborated together. Oh, the sneaker. As a unit it, for that. Oh, yeah, they were. They weren't new balances, though. They were Sockenies. Oh, Sockenies. They oh, were Sockenies. They were, uh, shout out to Sneaker Politics. Sneaker Politics did a collaboration with Cafe Dumont, which when I have decided that when the world open back opens back up, you and I are going to New Orleans. Because Yay. it's really hard for me that you haven't been, or like you've only been, been once. What but is I've it? never like, really done anything. Yeah, I'm like, the babysitter when I go. It's really out. hard for me, <laughs> and so I just need to. You need. You deserve a good trip to New Orleans, <laughs> and I love New Orleans. But yeah, so it was a, a Saucony Cafe Dumont. It was the uh, beignet, and so David has the brown silhouette, and it's like the and mine is the powdered sugar, so it's all white. <gasps> And so that they, is super. They cute. resemble being. I really hate that I had the wrong name of the shoe, but yeah. It's see, that's why I say I'm a sneaker appreciator. It's all good. Not a sneaker. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've had a New Balance um, yet. I think the 327s will probably be the first New Balance. David wears more wears them more than I do, mm-hmm. but I haven't purchased a New Balance yet. Um, but I like them sometimes. I just don't think I like them enough to like pull the trigger. Right. And I'm trying to figure out if I like these 327s enough to pull the trigger. But I have another shoe on my radar first. But after I secure that one, I might. Secure the bag. Well, because, I mean, at like most of the retail are like $78. Like, what's the worst yeah. that could happen? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's something that may actually end up going up in price once I start figuring out, you know, when the cool kids are I rocking hope on. Not. They've been out all year. I, I think that that was New Balance's point was to make a, a statement, a, a silhouette, an affordable look. Um, and when they do collaborations, it will take it up to like 110 I think I've even seen something. For one fifty, but when they do their general release colorways, they are reasonably priced. Yeah, yeah, which is nothing wrong with a reasonably priced sneaker in twenty twenty. Don't speak this into don't existence. Be mad. But yeah. maybe RP can do a collab with them. You know, yeah. we got to get our subscriber numbers up and our you know wonderful followers on IG. Whoa. So um, we'll see. But uh, so that's what I'm wearing. So what are you listening to? Oh, I was going back to end the show. See, I forgot. Well, what you listening to? Okay, real so quick. since I'm the hip hop enthusiast, she's a sneaker enthusiast. Um, we're doing this new thing at the end, and I guess the song that I'm really feeling that puts me in this spirit because it's just the most wonderful song of the year I mean, every year um it is my auntie mariah come on with all i want for christmas i hope david's hearing this because she already told you what she wants for christmas
Shout out to Mariah Carey. Shout out Lamb. to all the haters that used to I'm call me Mariah Scary. <laughs> Who called you that? Girl, everybody. I was Alicia Please and Mariah, Mariah Scary. <laughs> Mariah Carey does that getting paper. Did you, you see she's got a new Christmas song this year? And she, she finally does. put her clone on it. Ariana Grande. Oh, yes. I heard about it. I have and not seen that. it. Screaming hit and shit. The, they hit the whistle notes together. Hit the whistle the notes together. Oh, yes. shout out to Mariah Carey. She always makes my season. I can't think of a um, a better song to describe my excitement for November and December. So big shouts out to I her. I can this Christmas by Donnie Hathaway. Oh my bird. Well, for <laughs> now, I'm just oh, waiting. and shouts out to she because that was a fun fact that I was very shocked to learn is that she is a huge Mariah Carey fan, I and know. I just felt like we had a bonding moment. Lamb, baby, I'm in there. I love Mariah Carey. Oh my god. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Mariah Carey and Taylor Swift. Y'all can she fight can't. me. Oh, oh my God. I love I'm it. only with one half of that. But um, none other. Again, we want uh, you to give us the subscriptions, them likes, them comments. So you can follow us on Instagram at Refreshingly Problematic. Or you can follow our Facebook group where weekly we do lives and we talk directly to you, the audience. And of course, you can do that by going to Refreshingly Problematic Podcast on Facebook. And if you want to find me, your girl, Layla E, unlocking all the good vibes, you can do that on Instagram at Layla underscore E1. And where can we find you, sis? You can find me on Instagram at she period Landry. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's S-H-E period L-A-N-D-R-Y. And don't forget, you can check us out on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on All Real Radio. Uh, and they have an app. You can download the All Real Radio app. <laughs> Shout out to the All Real Radio family. Shout out to Risky Serial and Denise over there. Nation with no flag. Shout out to uh, Five Time Five and Five. They got a bunch of great shows. Shout out to Trey Brew, which is their morning show. Um, so we love being a part of the All Real Radio family. So shout out to them over there. Um, but of course, it's your girl, She Landry. Hashtag She Wears Heat. Hashtag She's in charge of the girls. Hashtag She's your daddy's favorite. Hashtag I can be your shero baby. baby. And um, if you can't right, do it right, up. if you can't be right, you know, at least do real. I don't know. Ow. And don't forget, you can follow us on all um, social media platforms as, as far as listening to our show at refreshlyproblematic.com. You go there. It'll show you, tell you where you can um, definitely hit us up on. And other than that, again, we are the Refreshingly Problematic Podcast. Podcast. Peace. Sissy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>